Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Joy today is mine. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. You're going to have what you say, so you might as well say something good. Amen. Let's turn to 2 Samuel chapter 5. We're going to see something about victory. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to talk a little bit about the vision. Woo! Because it ain't changed. The vision has not changed. 2 Samuel chapter 5, we're going to look at verse 6 and 7. Um, it's talking about the Jebusites. You know, the Jebusites were uh, a group of folks that the Israelites did not defeat. Verse 6 says, And the king and his men, he's talking about David, went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites. The Jebusites were living in Jerusalem. The inhabitants of the land. And they spoke to David saying, You ain't coming in here. The blind and the lame can keep you out. That's what they said. They were taunting the king who that land rightly belonged to. And they said, you ain't coming in here. We're going to put our blind and our lame in front, and they're going to stop you. Verse 7 says, nevertheless, David took the stronghold. <laughs> You know why? Because God was with him. That lamb belonged to them. And we got to get a revelation of what belongs to me. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, and he called it the city of David. <laughs> Not only did he go in there and knock them all down and take what was rightfully his, then he named it the city of David. Come on. Look at verse 9. Then David dwelt in the stronghold. <laughs> oh, I just love that. Y'all don't love that like I do. And called it the city of David. And David built all around from Milo. <laughs> from Milo. <laughs> Everything from Milo to here belongs to us. Hallelujah. Thank you. Y'all didn't know Milo was in the Bible, did you? Thank you, Lord. So those Jebusites were the last enemy. The Israelites did not drive them out. They didn't drive them out. They just decided to live with them. They're an enemy of God. An enemy. And they just decided to live with them. 
So David has to go in there. Because of years, they kept that city. They occupied it. And people had come up against them and come up against them and nothing. And so they thought David was going to be no different. But see, they didn't know that David was a man after God's heart. <laughs> they didn't know that David was a man of repentance. They didn't know that about David. They thought he was just any old body. But let me tell you, if you got a heart that goes after God and you are a person of repentance, nothing, nothing will be withheld from you. Nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. Ain't nothing going to be withheld from me. Nothing. Well, how does this apply? Uh, <laughs> how does this apply today? What's a stronghold? It's a fortified, fortified, strong place in the hold of lust, stronghold of poverty, stronghold of, yes, dot, 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 <laughs> stronghold. But if I'll focus on God, if I'll start looking in this word and find out what he says is mine, knock any stronghold down uh, wounds lack of vision division and I'm going to just say this if you're in a ministry a ministry has a vision there's a lot of churches and they do not have a vision but a ministry that is ordained and established by God will have a vision God gave the vision to Moses, okay? So if that ministry has a vision and you're in that ministry and you don't set forth, okay, you got to grab a hold of the vision so that we can be in one mind, just like he was talking about this morning, and I can be in one mind, one accord, and I can dig my boots in. You know those boots in the armory, armor of God? They are fierce looking. They got spikes like big O's all, not just on the bottom. All of, so they can kick you with them things too. They were fierce looking shoes. And when they did this, you ain't knocking them down. Mm -hmm. They got, they... It's more than just a little cleat. It's a spike. It's going to take something to move them. It's going to take something to move them. So whenever we can do that, then, then, then those things come nowhere. It don't knock me down. might bruise me a little bit, but it ain't knocking me down, and it ain't taking me out. Come on, the only, the only time something takes me out is because I won't. I pick my spikes up, and I want to be taken out. Okay, I'm sorry. It is the truth. It is true. Well, this vision, Jeremiah 1.10 says, 
See, I have this day set you over the nations, over the kingdoms, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. I'll give you all this vision. He set this church, the people in this church, over nations and kingdoms. It's a word that he spoke to us. He spoke to the founders of this vision. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out. What I'm rooting out. What am I rooting out? Bitter roots. To pull down. What I'm pulling down? Strongholds. Pulling them down. One of the strongholds in this nation is greed. Greed. There's a stronghold of murder. There is. And we got to pull that thing down. It's our job to pull that thing down. To destroy, to throw down, to build and plant. And the build and plant is speaking the word of God. You pull something out and you speak the word of God. You speak the word of God. One thing I'm going to say over this church, and I will say it until Jesus comes and gets us, is the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the glory of the former house. And in this house, he will establish peace. Because there's been a shaking, because that's part of that scripture too. He says that one more time, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth. I thought, God, we just come through a shaking. What you talking about? You're going to shake us again. But he's got to shake everything that can be shaken. Y'all know when you get shook, things are shaky. And you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know, God. I don't know if I need to be there. I don't know if I don't need to be. I don't know. And your mind just starts going crazy. But then, if you'll get in the glory, just press your way through, press your way through all of that, and get in the glory, then he settles you. He's going to settle you. And he's going to say, yeah, baby, this is where you belong. Don't you be going nowhere. Dig them spikes in. Okay, Joshua 1, 14. Thank you, Jesus. Joshua 1.14, he says, see, Moses has died, and Joshua has then been given the children of Israel, and he is to move them into the promised land. And he's telling Joshua up here, be strong and of good courage. Sons and your livestock will remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of Jordan. And you shall pass before your brethren armed all your mighty men of valor and help them. Help who? Your brethren who are on the other side. They haven't possessed their land yet. See, I'm, I'm, I am not arrived, so y'all don't, but I, ha- I am possessing my land. God has delivered me of some strong holds, and the biggest one was fear. He's delivered me of that. If he had not, I would not be standing here right now. I guarantee it. So he delivered me of fear. And so now I have to dig my, and I still feel fear, but it's coming from out here. It's not on the inside of me. It's, it's out here. So I recognized, and that was trial and error, what I'm called to do in the presence of the fear. 
But see, when the fear was inside of me, it would have me throwing up, and I could not do. I could not do it. I mean, you talk about take everything you got. Okay. 15, it says, until the Lord has given your brethren rest. Whoa, what? I'm supposed to fight for somebody till they get rest? What? I already fought. I have already won my battle. Why I got to go fight for you? Because <laughs> somebody got up out of their rest and fought for me. They helped me until I could see that I was, that this, that the fear that was in me was not just the way I, I wasn't born this way. None of us are to do away with the song. I was just born like this, born this way. No, none of us were born this way. No matter what we're talking about, it is due to things in utero. And definitely after you pass through and come into this world. Okay, so he says, your wives and your little ones, they're going to stay over in the land. But I want you to pick up your armor, you pick up your sword, and you cross over. And you help your brethren until they can possess the land which the Lord your God has given them. Then you can return and you can rest. And this is what they said to Joshua. All that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. What? That sounds like submission. <gasps> Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you... Serious. It's serious. It's serious. Now this is the vision of Freedom Ministries. We are called to the nations, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to, to plant, to build. I am called to my sons. I am called to my daughters. I am called to, the, called to the dude down the street. Okay? I'm called to my wife, my husband. Y'all understand, I am called to those around me who have not possessed their land yet, who the enemy is still bombarding, who the enemy is still trying to destroy their lives, who the enemy is still beating up every day. I am called to them. You are called to them. And you are called to pick up your armor and go to war for them. That's what we do here. We did it last night. We'll do it again today. And we do it again tomorrow. We ain't never going to stop. Because the devil ain't after nothing but the sons and daughters of God. That's all he wants. He wants the sons and daughters of God. And I'm a son and a daughter. And it is up to me and it is up to you to stop the enemy in his tracks. We have been called to this. The rest of the vision is John chapter 12. Verse 24 and 25. 
Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. He who loves his life will lose it. Come on. If I'm loving my life and I'm trying to hang on to my life, I'm trying to hang on to my will and my desires and everything. Anyway, we try to hang on to our kids. We try to hang on to our boyfriends and girlfriends. We try to hang on to all of that, and we're going to lose them anyway. I've got to give it to God. I've got to die to all of those desires. We try to hang on to, um, like I've known I didn't know it then, but after I came here, I started looking back and seeing that I was called to teach from a young age. Anytime we played school, I was the teacher, and I would wrap you on top of your head if you didn't listen to me while I was teaching you. I mean, when we're four and five, you know, six. So I, that, that's in me. It's in me to teach. Um, but I had to let all that go. I had to give all that up, even after realizing that it was a call of God on my life. I, I still had to anybody, anything, I, I'm still going to serve you. I'm, st- I'm still following you, God. And then God deals with you. He deals with stuff, you know, that's all in you and everything, and all that yucky stuff. And then he gives us our calling, and he lets us do our calling. But we, we have to give it to him first. That's dying to your flesh. That's part of it. It's part of dying to your flesh. But he says if you, if you love your life, you're going to lose it. But if you hate your life in this world, you will keep it for eternal life. So if I love my life, I'm going to lose it. But if I lose my life, just go ahead and lay it down. Then I'm going to gain my life. Amen. Let's go back to the Old Testament. Let's go over here to 2 Samuel again, and we're going to look at chapter 21. 2 Samuel. Thank you, Jesus. Chapter 21, we'll start with verse 1. Putting our armor on and helping someone else. Because that's the vision. Verse 1 says, Now there was a famine in the days of David for three years, year after year. And David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord answered, It is because of Saul and his bloodthirsty house, because he killed the Gibeonites. Let's just keep reading. So the king called the Gibeonites, and he spoke to them. Now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but of the remnant of the Amorites. The children of Israel had sworn protection to them, but Saul had sought to kill them in his zeal. Oh my gosh, there's sparkle on my hand. He sought to kill them in his zeal for the children of Israel and Judah. Therefore David said to the Gibeonites, What shall I do? Or from his house, nor shall you kill any man in Israel for us. So he said, whatever you say, I'm going to do. Then they said to the king, as for the man who consumed us and plotted against us, that we should be destroyed from the remaining in any of the territories of Israel, 
let seven men of his descendants be delivered to us, and we will hang them before the Lord in Gibeah of Saul, whom the Lord choose. And the king said, I'll give them. Sometimes we have to go in on behalf of someone else and find out why this battle is continuing. Why does the enemy have a legal right? to do this and it's he deals with sin transgression and iniquity and sometimes it's what someone else did see Saul was authority in Israel Saul was the king hickey about covenant he made a covenant with these people and then a covenant to protect them and then he started trying to kill them all and because of that there was famine for three years. Now, I don't know how long it took David to finally wake up and say, I might need to ask God about this famine. But it was at least three years, which that in itself will preach. <laughs> Stop waiting and 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 waiting. One year without rain, it's like, okay. Two years, God, something going on. What's going on? We didn't have no rain last year. God, it's been, it's been over a year, and they still in the world. What's going on, God? They're still broken. They're still. So we got to go to God. We got to say, what's going on? Why? It's the sin of your father. Your father's father. Father's father's father. Okay. Y'all understand? If, there, if there's a generational curse, something that's been going on generation after generation in your family, it goes way back, way back further than you or your great-great-grand. And we got to go into the spirit realm, find out what's going on. I'm, there might be a covenant that was made with the enemy, or there might be a covenant that was broken with God. And i got to find out which is which, and i got to mend it. That's what David's doing here. He's telling them, okay, I want to mend this covenant because covenant is everything with God. You come into agreement with him and you, you know, you're going to do what he wants and he's going to, you know, like people say, they sell their soul to the, to the devil, you know, so they can play the guitar really well. Y'all know about that one, right? So we have to go in there and find out what's going on. And this is Mother's Day. <laughs> oh, where did we stop at? Six? Yeah. Let's go to seven. It says, but the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because the Lord's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan. See, David and Jonathan had a covenant with each other. And so David spared Jonathan's son. And so the king took Armoni and Mephibosheth, the two sons of Rizpah, the daughter of whoever, that she was a concubine of Saul. And anyway, she had, she had these kids in verse 9. It says, and he delivered them to the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hanged them on the hill before the Lord. So they fell, all seven together, and were put to death in the days of the harvest, in the first days, in the beginning of the barley harvest. Now Rizpah, the daughter of Ai, 
She took sackcloth and she spread it for him. And she did not allow the birds of the air to rest on them by day, nor the beast of the field by night. This is Mama's day, so we're going to talk about this mama for just a minute. They hanged her sons. And she did not want the birds coming and eating them or the beast coming and eating them at night. And so from April to probably November, because that's when the rains would come, she laid a blanket on the ground and she did battle. She battled every single day and every single night. She battled. And she said, you ain't having mine. You ain't having my boys. You ain't having my boys, devil. You get away from here. You ain't having my boys. I'm telling y'all, for six or seven months, she fought day and night, day and night, day and night, until the king heard what she was doing. And the king, y'all listen to me, the king, if you would go to war, mama, for your kids, let them go. Go to war for them. No matter how long it takes, the king is going to hear you. The king of all kings is going to hear you, and he is going to intervene. He's going to get them kids, and he's going to bring them out of the enemy's camp. Come on now. He's going to bring them out. I promise you, you are guaranteed victory. Daddies, the same thing goes for you. War for those kids. War for them. War for your brothers and sisters. War for your spouses. War for the dude down the street. War for them. And the king of all kings is going to hear you. And the king of all kings is going to rescue them. I promise you he's going to rescue them. I'm going to show you why. Hey, Taba. Hmm. We gotta, we gotta understand. We really gotta get a, a revelation that there is a war going on, and just like he said this morning, the devil has he is, and I'm gonna tell you why he's on such a war path because his days are numbered, his days are getting short. Yes, I know, but his days are getting short. It, it ain't going to be much longer. And see, if you'll just read the word of God, you'll see what Jesus said to look for right before he comes. And we are in it. We are in it. The, the heathen is raging. They're raging. The enemy is throwing plagues out. That's exactly what just happened. What we're just coming out of is a plague that was sent by where we are right now. So the days are, it's not going to be much longer, and we don't have a whole lot of time. we got to grab a hold of everybody we can possibly grab a hold of. There's a harvest out there that's ready, and we've got to, we've got to reap it. It is up to us to reap it. There is a battle for my family. There's a battle for my city. There's a battle for this whole world. There's a battle for our churches. They're going to try their best to shut the doors of every church, and we will be going underground. And it's going to be a legitimate reason, just like this one was. Yeah, that's a real thing. It is a real thing, and the next one's going to be a real thing, too. It's going to be real, but we've got to decide. This is what they're trying to do. 
And I know this one here kind of caught, you know, kind of caught us by like, what the world happening? And the prophets started prophesying. And we got to believe those prophets that this thing was sent by the enemy to shut us down. They are, he is trying to shut our mouth because he knows that we have entered into the decade of pay where my voice carries creative destruction is coming then destruction gonna come but if I say thank you Jesus I am guaranteed victory I have victory in you you are my source for life you are the reason that I live I have victory and I will reap this harvest I will reap this harvest thank you that revival floods the earth the word says that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covers the earth that means every single person on the face of this earth is going to see and say, my God, that's the glory of God. And guess who it's coming through? Me and you. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. Me and you. I'm going to have to be out there. I'm going to have to be out there. say. And I just want you to know that if you decide to step into battle, you will win. You are guaranteed victory. Or there's seed begging for bread. I am guaranteed victory. Turn to Colossians. Let's go back to the new. I like to go back and forth. Back and forth. Colossians. I did not mark Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. We've talked about this a few times in the home group. It says, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Christ dwells the fullness of the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. It's all in him. All in him. And you, you are complete in him. Woo! That right there is shouting terror. And don't think I ain't saying it. Thank you, God, that I am complete in you. I am complete in you. Thank you. I'm declaring it every day that I am complete in him. That means that every single spiritual need is at my disposal. That's what that means. If I am complete in him, every single thing, I can grab a hold of it and I can pull that thing down because, see, what is in heaven has to come to earth, and it's my job to bring it. I got to bring it. If I just sit back and continue to let happen what happened, no. Put on your armor, stand your ground, and fight. This is the way we fight. You will not win. You will not have my kid. It don't mean that you've got to take your gun and go bow back. No, I, I stand and I proclaim the word of God. And when God tells me this is a spirit of, then I go to battle and I pull that thing down. I pull you down in the name of Jesus. You will not have my son. You will not have him. You come down. You come down in the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden you're going to feel something go, whoo. And that thing broke and you just pull the stronghold down. <laughs> I, ain't, I love it. I love it. It ain't no fun while you're going through it because you don't feel no glory. You don't feel no glory when you're going, yeah, not myself. Because you feel it when it's down. You're going to feel a you're gonna feel a breakthrough. A break, a release is going to come, and you know that thing done come down. 
Hallelujah. And then you start speaking the word. You put the word in. You put the word in where that thing was. God, we release the spirit of repentance. We release the spirit of submission. We release the spirit of unity. We release the spirit of truth. You pull them things down off of your nation. You pull them down off of your home. You pull them down off of your city, off of the government of your city. We are the governmental voice. You are the governmental voice. You are. You are supposed to be declaring what this city does. You are supposed to be declaring. But we got, we got to start looking out. We got to start looking out. We care God's business. He'll take care of yours. Thank you, Jesus, that in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. That means he the one created. They all owe their life to him. Ain't nothing caught him by surprise. Nothing. And he is supreme over all of it. It says by the finger of God. He delivers. He's just like, little flea, get on out of here. And, we, and it, to us, it's like it's this huge thing because it wraps up our whole life. But to God, it's like, and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. He spoiled them. That's what the King James says. He spoiled them. Spoiled just simply means he disarmed them. He took them down. He stripped them of everything they had. He stripped Satan of all of his power. He stripped him of all that authority that he got from Adam. He stripped him from it. Yes, I know he's still active today, but he ain't active over me. He ain't got no power over me. He ain't got no power over you unless you give it to him. I'm going to continue to say that until we get it. I've preached that three or four times in a row. But we got to get it. He don't have no power over me unless I give it to him. And he's tricky. I'll give him that. He's tricky. But we got to learn the wiles, which is tricks, of the devil. We got to learn what he's doing. And I got to learn that he ain't got nothing on me. Nothing. I am complete in Christ Jesus. In him. I'm complete in him. Come on. There's some that do because y'all getting excited. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Whenever you disarm, that means you take away their reason to be hostile. <laughs> they ain't got no means to be hostile no more. Like, shut up. But see, if you disarm, they ain't got no more weapons. Now, he does over the lost. He's still daddy. Over the lost. But we were taken out of darkness. When we, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he, ta- he goes, <laughs> he takes us out of darkness and poof, plants us in the kingdom of light. And, and death and domin- sin, none of that has any dominion over me anymore. It has no power over you anymore. That's why now I choose whether I'm sinning or not. I choose it. Okay, I'm going to lay that one laying there. I choose. 
Woo! I am here to enforce his will. Mm. The word says that he will possess the kingdoms of this world. Our king will possess the kingdoms of this world. And according to what you overcome in this life determines how many cities you're going to rule in the thousand-year reign. Oh, come on. Some going to get ten. Some going to get five. Some going to get two. Some going to get one. I don't care. I just I want to rule <laughs> in the millennial reign because that's what we're supposed to be groomed for. Right now, we are to overcome so that we can rule and reign with him over this earth. I want to reign over Hawaii or Bahamas. Miles Monroe probably got that one. So that he said the only reason Satan coming and we get rewards for overcoming. Hallelujah. Let's go look at Matthew 12. I ain't got much more. 29. Thank you Jesus. See, this is what David did back there in 2 Samuel when he was going to fight the Jebusites in chapter 5. And they said, you ain't getting in here. Our blind and our lame can, keep, can whoop you. You ain't no better than any other, any other king that's tried to take us. But it says in verse 29, Matthew 12, Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? And then he will plunder his house. Who's the strong man? Devil. See, the devil thinks he's got some houses. See, he thinks my kid belongs to him because he lives in him. The devil lives in his. And he thinks they belong to him. But like I said a while ago, he ain't after nothing but the sons and daughters of God. And so I have to go in and bind up that strong man. I have to get in prayer. I have to hear the Spirit of God tell me what the name of that strong man is. What's the strong man over this house? What's the strong man over my son? What's the strong man over my husband? What's the strong man? What's the strong man over this city, God? And he will tell you. He likes to tell. He likes to tell things. He will tell you what the strong man is. And then you can go in and you can bind up that strong man. And sometimes when it's just me, you know, it's okay. But when you start dealing with churches and you start dealing with cities and you start dealing with, you better grab up your comrades. Because one can put a thousand, like he said, and two, ten thousand. And that is not common core math. That's a kingdom math. Hey, I like his kind of math. Like I said, a little car, big camper, you know. Just think of it that way. God always increases. He always gives more. It's always about more. Ain't that the truth? Thank you, Jesus, so that, that I can bind that strong man. I can go in and hear what, the, what devil it is that's binding up my house or binding up my, my children. And I can strip him because he's already been stripped. It isn't a, it's not a war for us. He already did it. Jesus did it already. He did it already. 
And me and you, me and you, I got two more scriptures. Me and you, we are called to preach the gospel. Come on, Luke 4, 18. We are called to open blind eyes. We are called to be supposed to be doing. I am supposed to be bringing healing to the broken. I'm supposed to be bringing healing to the sick. I am supposed to bring, be, be bringing freedom to the captive. I'm supposed to be bring, opening blind eyes. I'm supposed to be causing the lame to leap before the Lord. I'm supposed to be going in to those places where there's a stronghold of darkness and preach the gospel. That Jesus Christ is your Savior. Jesus Christ will set you free. Jesus Christ brings healing. Jesus Christ brings provision. Jesus Christ brings it. I got to go into those dark places and preach the good news. The good news of the gospel. The good news is you ain't got to be broke. You ain't got to be poor. You ain't got to be broken. I'm not just talking about dollars. Our hearts don't have to be broken. I don't have to be full of offense. Offense is going to take me to hell. Offense is going to take me to hell. I cannot allow the enemy to stay in my heart. I have to. I have to deal with the issues in my heart. If I don't, I'm going to be in trouble. And it ain't going to be much longer before I see. First John 4, 17. I am supposed to. I'm going to just read. Y'all turn to 1 John 4, 17, and I'm going to read Luke 4, 13. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. 1 John 4, 17b says, as he is, so are we in this world. Jesus Christ read that scripture. He's the one that read that. I'm here to set the captive free. And then he tells me that as he is, so am I. So that means what he did, so do I. Be more of us than there was of him. And so we have to grab a hold of this vision. With take it in me with everything that I've got and go to war for my brothers and sisters. Go to war for my children. Don't let the enemy have them. Don't let him have the, our kids. I'm not going to let him have this city. I'm not going to let him have this church. I'm not going to let him have your kids. Not going to. But see, you can't depend that I'm going to do the battle. I'm one person. Pastor Dan is one person. we just one person. If everybody took on the battle of their kids, I, you are guaranteed victory. Do you hear me? Guaranteed victory. Every time you step into battle being led by the Spirit of God, God takes over that thing. And He will bring them out. He will bring them out. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Dana, can we just worship for a little bit? Revelation of this vision. If you want to state again that you are aligning yourself with this vision and you're going to fight with this vision, 
then I invite you to come up to this altar and we're going to lay our hands on you and we are going to impart this vision into you because you can have your family. You can have them. You can have all of them. You can have your finances and you can have your health. It belongs to you. In Jesus' name. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.